Welcome to Higher Inspirations, bringing God to Baby Boomers Radio for your enrichment and spiritual focus. Pastor John Bagorio brings the Word of God to you each month so that together we might all find peace of heart and mind. What these last two and a half years have taught us. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 3. You know, as I was thinking about 2020, 2021, and 2022, you know, it's been a crazy year for most everybody. But as people of faith, we have the strength that others don't have. Today, I want to look back over the last two plus years and see what we may or may not have learned. It's hard to believe, but it was two years ago that we announced that our theme was going to be dream. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 3 out of the modern English version says, For a dream comes when there is a great burden, and a foolish voice when there are many words. We went through all of that. We opened back up as a church. Then we shut things down again. And there's a real emotional struggle that goes with all of that. I was talking to some pastors and the reality that teen suicide ideation has grown. We read all the statistics that abuse in homes is rising. Child abuse is increasing. We're struggling as a people. We're struggling as a nation. And if I were to be honest, we're struggling as a church. The last couple of years have taught me so many things that weighs down on my heart and it hurts. The struggle that we're going through not from not being able to celebrate people's lives together. I don't know about you, but if, I, if I'm being honest, it's been a struggle for me. You know, I'm used to being with people at church. I'm used to leading Bible studies. I'm used to having worship all together. But there's been a change within our lives. You see, resiliency is the ability to bounce back, the ability to face struggles and then to move on in life. I want to share a, a short story with you. A story of Foursquare. And it was about two scenes with the grandpa and his grandkids. The first scene, the ball has air and they can play Foursquare. The second scene, the ball cannot bounce because there's no air in the ball. And so the grandpa asked the grandkids, what does the ball need? And they responded, a pump and a needle, the air and the person to work the pump. And the fact is that when the ball is without air, the ball has no resiliency and the ball needs help. And over the next few minutes, I want us to look at four different ways within our lives that we can have resiliency. Before we do, let me ask you a question. Do you remember Vince Lombardi? He was best known as the Green Bay Packers head coach. He said one time, it's not whether you get knocked down, it's whether you get back up again. And I love that, friends. It's not whether we get knocked down, it's whether we get back up. So how do we get back up within our lives? Well, I want us to look at four different ideas of what resiliency 
is within our lives. The first one deals with the physical aspect of our lives. When I'm walking with someone who's had a major trauma in their life, myself included, I ask the question, how are you taking care of yourself physically? Are you getting outside to walk or to run? Are you eating healthy? Are you getting enough rest? Are you getting the exercise that you need? It was the Apostle Paul that said in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your act of spiritual worship. Friends, we are called to take care of our bodies because we offer that to Jesus. We offer our bodies to God as a sacrifice. Paul also says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, that we've been bought with the price. Therefore, honor God with our bodies. And I know some of you have heard it from other people. Some have said that we can come through this pandemic. We're either a hunk, a chunk, or a drunk. But the physical aspect of resiliency is an aspect that God wants us to take care of our bodies. The second aspect of resiliency is the mental aspect. Again, the Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, Whatever is lovely, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report, whatever is virtuous, anything else praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. So let me ask you, what do you think about? Too often you and I might have a stinky mental process. The mental gymnastics that we do within our lives can pull us down or lift us up. The Apostle Paul says to think on what is true, what is noble, what is just, what is pure, what is right, and what is lovely. We aren't supposed to be thinking on the evil stuff that's going on around us. The author of Hebrews 12 says it this way. Therefore, since we are surrounded by love, we are surrounded by such a great, greater cloud of witnesses. Let us throw up everything that hinders us and let us fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. Consider all that he endured that we may not grow up weary. You see, when we get stuck in that stinking thinking, we need to open up the scriptures. We need to spend time with the Lord and keep our eyes on Jesus. Remember, friends, resiliency is the ability to bounce back. We need to keep our bodies physically fit. We need to eat right. We need to get enough sleep. But we also have to take care of ourselves mentally. As Paul says, focus on what is right, what is pure, what is honorable. Be focused on Jesus. The third aspect of good resiliency is a social aspect. Friends, family, being involved in the community. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 says two are better than one because they have good return for their work. If one falls down, the friend can pick them up. Pity the person who falls down and has no one to pick them up. If two lie down together, they can stay warm. But how can one keep warm by themselves? The one may be overpowered. Two can defend themselves. 
A cord of three strands is not easily broken. At weddings, I relate to this Hebrew idea that teaches that marriages are between a husband and a wife and God. What the author here in Ecclesiastes is saying that three strands are stronger than one. It's stronger than two. He's referring to the strength of the three strands of the braid of hair or the three strands of a braid of rope. Things that are braided in strands of three are very strong. So socially, we need to be together, whether it's phone calls or Zoom or social media or face-to-face. However we can work that out, we're called to be part of a community, to be the body of Christ. I often get asked, will this current situation be forever? And I don't think so. I believe that our great physician, Jesus, is going to continue to give individuals wisdom on how we can move forward. So not only as we look at resiliency, do we need to take care of our physical bodies? Do we need to take care of ourselves mentally? Do we need to socially be part of the body of Christ and to reach out and to take care of others who are in need? Finally, we should have spiritual resiliency. I'm not talking about spirituality like the world thinks about today. I'm not talking about any kind of a new age spirituality or to go out and find whatever fits. I'm saying that you and I need to have a committed daily relationship with Christ. You need to find your purpose in life. If you've never read a book, A Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, I would highly recommend it. We need to be part of the family of faith. I've heard so many people that say, well, you know, Pastor, we can be Christians without being part of the family. And I say, you know what? Christ died for the church. When you're denying the family, when you're denying the church, you're denying yourself that relationship that Jesus talked about. And some of you I know are going, what? Did he actually say that? Did you actually go there? And and I did. You see, when I wanted to become the husband of Kim, we got married. We were one. If we genuinely wanted to say that we were part of the body of Christ, then you and I need to be part of the body of Christ. That's how you become part of something. Spiritually, Jesus says to us in John chapter 11, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though they die, they will live. He says this to Martha when Lazarus, her brother, had died. He came to Mary and he Martha and he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? There is no other resurrection in life, friends. Nobody else can give us that resiliency, that strength, that buoyancy that we need, except for that of Christ. Three chapters later in John chapter 14, Jesus says, I'm the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. I am the way. You see, Christ says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And I love it when Pilate is judging Christ and Pilate says, what is truth? You see, truth was standing right in front of Pilate. Truth is Jesus Christ as the way, the truth, and the life. You see, spirituality 
is the strongest pillar of resiliency in our lives. Remember, when we build resiliency, we physically need to take care of ourselves. Biblically, it tells us that we need to be mentally focused on what is good, what is pure, what is lovely. To have a proper mental focus. Socially, we're called to be the body of Christ. The Bible tells us that we're called to be the body of Christ. Spiritually, we need to be walking with the Lord Jesus every single day. We need to be in relationship with him as the way, the truth, and the life. You see, I started a few minutes ago by saying that we're all going through struggles. And there are some days that I think, Lord, what are you doing? But then I've got to take a step back and take a cleansing breath and say, Lord, where are you leading? What's your purpose for my life? What do you want me to reach out? How do you want me to reach out to others? Lord, I desire to walk with you daily. Friends, I encourage you to go back through. Check out these passages that I've listed. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord grant you the grace and strength. May the Holy Spirit be the one who buoys us up when we're feeling down and depressed and alone like all is lost. May you know that Jesus Christ gave his life for you and for me so that we could walk in relationship with him here and now with the joy of the Lord, knowing that better things are to come. I want to leave you with this final thought. We need to learn to be resilient, like I said, but we also have to stop dragging the corpse. Let me explain. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 1, it says, to the angel of the church in Sardis, write, He who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars say these things, I know your works, that you have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Friends, churches are failing. Some due to neglect of the pastor and the congregation. Some because they were birthed in strife and division. And God won't bless that. Some were birthed in the boardroom and nurtured by businessmen who use the best demographics and the best business practices. You know, many new companies don't make it past year three. And many new church starts fail or have no more people in them than when they started. So many more churches are in decline after years. So let me show you how you can start a new church business. And it'll fluctuate like the stock market as you consistently seek to brand and rebrand yourself using marketing strategies. You might have a strong CEO, but still it'll bottom out. Humans consistently seek the new and the improved. They're bar hoppers. Sooner or later, something more sparkling, something tastier will come along, and they'll leave. Friends, we're in an age of wandering sheep and screaming goats. We seem to have a load of tear and few who care. But this new church is a church that's birthed in Christ. 
It's sustained by the Holy Spirit, and it will not fail because the gates of hell shall not prevail. It may be the gates of recessions, cultural changes, persecution, even COVID, but his church will stand and it will even grow. If your church is constantly struggling financially, if it's in constant strife and your membership is declining, with maybe adding one new person every five for every five that leave, then maybe we're having an extended weekend at Bernie's. Maybe we're just dragging around a corpse, hoping that it will raise from the dead, trusting many people and things, but not actually in the God who can raise the dead. You see, all of the seven churches in Revelation died, including this one. He prayed. There is no courage or honor keeping open near-empty building until the last person dies off. It's bad stewardship. It's detrimental to the few members that remain. We need to get past pastor and building worship and get back to worshiping Jesus. We need to close the boardrooms of our churches and get back to the prayer room. We need to quit dividing and start uniting, using our buildings as homeless shelters and food banks for tutoring or even sell them to have the funds to be able to do what God's called us to do. God called us to be one. And if we do not become one of the many of us, we'll be done for many reasons. We need to put away childish, selfish, and foolishness. We need to let him use us to build his kingdom and not ours. We need to let him be God and watch him build what you and I cannot. We need to make his glory the focus. God's vision is always 2020. Allow his vision to take place in what seems to be a crisis. Let this be a shaking of our weak foundations that we might run to him to build on this rock of his truth. Remember, friends, 120 people shook the world. But at least 70 churches cannot move half of this area's population. We have a form of godliness. Let us seek his power. Thank you for listening to Higher Inspirations. Please share this episode with your friends so they might find peace through God's Word. Until next time, from all of us at Baby Boomers Radio, God bless you and keep you safe.